want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. It is another Friday. I want to welcome you back to the podcast based on the blog, based on my life. Uh, it is another great day. I am sounding much more energetic than I really am. I'll get into all that in a second. Hopefully, you found us uh, maybe on HighPodOnDad.com, maybe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Wherever you found us, do me a favor, give a like, give a subscribe, give a rating, give a review, give me a break, Nell Carter. Whatever you decide to do, do it. It helps people find the show. It helps people discover some of the things we're talking about. It's exciting. It's something good to have. I am exhausted right now. Um, Not even just from my week. I did have a really good week. I don't ever want to kind of betray that. When I talk about how tired I am, and I think as adults, like 90% of what we do is just kind of tell other adults that we're tired. Everything's about, oh my God, man, I'm exhausted. You're tired? I'm tired. You're all right? I'm just tired. What are you tired about? I don't know. I'm just tired. You know, we say it like that too. Like, the more tired you are, the more you drag out the word tired. If you're just tired, it's like, yeah, I'm a little tired. You're not really that tired. But if you're really tired, you're like, you're right? Man, I'm tired. You like that? Somebody talks like that, they're tired. So, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm at. I'm not like, maybe like, Two and a half second tired. I'm tired. Like that. Yeah. Pretty tired. So it has been a tiring day. That doesn't mean it's been a tiring week. I have exciting things coming up. A big announcement coming uh, probably, I don't say probably, next week. About a week away from a really big uh, announcement that I'm going to have coming out for you guys. So very exciting having it out for you, talking about some of the things that are going on. I'm start teasing it coming forward. But you guys are going to be very excited about that. So that's happening. Love it. Happy, 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 joy, joy. The blog, I did two blogs this weekend. Talk about those as well. But yeah, I'm exhausted. And I'm exhausted because, in the words of Bernie Mac, I'm going to kill them kids, man. Because I am. I'm going to kill them kids. Every time I used to watch those Bernie Mac commercials for his show, it was always the same thing. He always talked about he was going to kill his kids. I'm like, who watches this show? This guy just kills his kids. I'm going to kill them kids. I'm like, oh, it's a scary show. But it was a comedy. And you can say it when it's a comedy. You can't say it was a drama. You can't just look at the camera and be like, I'm going to kill the kids. Yeah, that would be an episode of, you know, Grey's Anatomy that nobody would want to watch. But yeah, I'm not I'm not really going to kill them. I'm saying it in the Bernie Mac sense of the word. Like, I'm going to kill those kids. It was a very um, long evening with Lucas. I've talked about my son before. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to the blog, my son is nine. He's nonverbal. Certain things he loves in life. One of those things is his music box. He has a music box that he has kept since it was a mobile in his crib, uh, we took it apart, took it kind of off the the hanging part, and he carries it with him. He holds on to the, the part that's supposed to screw onto the crib, and he listens to it, and he can't sleep without it. He also takes it, and he throws it out of his room over the gate onto the wood floor below. So it crashes me awake every morning, multiple times in the morning, for no reason sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't even want my attention. He's just bored. He just throws it out. In doing so, though, he knocks the batteries loose. 
That was today. Today was a loose battery moment where all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, cries and screams and I go over and there it is on the floor. I pick it up and now it's not working. I'm trying to get it to work. It's half working. Now I'm exhausted. You know, I'm sleeping now. It's been like two hours, three hours of sleep. This is how my night goes. Three hours of sleep. Another half hour here. You know, no more sleep. Up again, down again. So I get up. It's not working. I don't think about the batteries. Now I'm thinking, well, he just broke it. The damn thing's broken already. I'm like, Lucas, buddy, I don't have to tell you. I don't know. You can't reason with him. That's something that I don't know if people really get. When it comes to having a nonverbal child, there's certain things that aren't that hard, and there's certain things that are hard. And I think a lot of the things that people assume are hard really aren't that hard. Like not being able to watch like baseball with him, which I think people are like, oh, poor him. He can't like watch TV with his kid. Yeah, I don't care about that. Maybe we watch we watch other things. We watch Sesame Street. We watch you know Raffi. Watch his stuff. We play. I get all that. That's I'm not really too broken up about that. It's the explaining things. It's explaining. You have to wait for the chicken nuggets to cook, buddy. Can't do that. Can't explain that. It's kind of like you have to hope he figures it out as time goes on. Um, you know, you have to wait for your iPad to charge. That was a big one that we used to go through for a little while. It would die. He would give it to you. You plug it in. He'd cry. He'd pull it out of the wall. It'd be on three percent. It would die immediately. Cry. Like, you just leave it. Or even trying to get him to use it while it's plugged. He won't use it plugged in. I can't plug it in and be like, now just stay here. Don't rip this out of the wall. Put it up to your ear and scream and run in circles because that's like his favorite pastime. People are like, what do you do for fun? It's like, well, my kid likes to put the iPad on his ear and spin around screaming. That's like his thing. Loves it. It's cute. can be kind of loud, but it also isn't very conducive for charging the iPad. So all those things are hard to do. You can't really explain things to my son unless he's ready to understand them. And this music box is one of those things. And I'm sitting here now at five in the morning holding this thing that's not going on. Buddy, look. It's not working, man. I don't I don't know what you did. You threw it on the floor. You just gotta can you just not can you Oh please stop, please don't. Don't cry. Just stop. Just here. I punch it. I always end up doing that. Anything that doesn't work in this house, I punch. So I probably have a hand in breaking a lot of things too. And it starts working a little bit. My good Hand it back to him. Stumble back into bed. Literally like fifteen minutes later, crashes it on the floor again, crying. I come out. Now it's not only on the floor. But his pajama, he's wearing blanket sleeper, and the top is off. He's now he's squeezed his arms out through the top of this blanket sleeper. So he's, he's basically like, like a pro wrestler, you know, like just like this half-naked little boy from the, from the waist up, crying over his music box. I was like, oh, my God. I guess we're up, buddy. I guess we're up for the school day at 5.30. That's good. The bus comes. By the way, today was his last day of, of summer session. His bus comes at like 8.50. 5.30. Why not? Might as well get up. So you get up and um, get him ready. Go into the kitchen. And I go through the routine now where I make him his you know waffles, his Eggo. So I do that. As I'm making it, he's in his room. He's watching Color Crew on Amazon. I say, all right, I'm going to run to the to the bathroom for the morning kind of, you know, morning routine. I'm gone literally one minute. I come back out. He's still in his room. I mean, it's awesome. This kid's great. I go into the kitchen. The fridge is open. Just left open because he doesn't, he's not slick. You know, he steals stuff and he tries to get what he wants, but he doesn't know to like cover his, his tracks or reduce any evidence behind. So the fridge is just open. It's binging. Like the fridge is bing, bing, bing. Close it. I go into his room. There's a juice box unopened because he doesn't know how to do the straw thing so there's no straw i don't know what he did with the straw but the juice box is just sitting there 
It's cold. And he has the iPad that I had in the drawer of my nightstand that he knows enough to go in there and rifle through. I say, what are you doing? I take the iPad away. Now he's screaming and crying as if he got beaten. So I kind of just feed him, and he goes downstairs. And that's my morning with Lucas. And we have most mornings like that. Today was particularly... Today had the, the added addition of the music box not working that kind of added a, another layer of frustration to the whole situation. But that, those are what kind of what the mornings are like. Now, it's tough. Lucas can be rough. But I always like to harp on the fact that he's not unique in his challenges. He has unique challenges, I should say. There are definitely challenges that he faces that are unlike other kids. However, he's not unique in the fact that he has these challenges because all kids have challenges. I have a 12-year-old daughter who was supposed to be on this podcast. And people hear that and they go, well, so you didn't record it? She didn't want to do it? No, she did. She did it. We have it. I have, I have the recording. I'm not playing it. I'm not... <laughs> It didn't go so well. It's I don't. I was supposed to do this yesterday, man. This podcast. I'm. There's a reason why I'm recording it exhausted. Because normally, this tired, after a morning like this, I would not be recording a podcast. I would be not doing much of anything. However, I'm doing this, and that's because yesterday, when I would normally record the podcast, I said to her, "I'm like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? Okay, yeah, I'll do it. All right, cool. All right, we'll do it. It's awesome." But she's busy. She's FaceTiming. She's talking to her friends. Talking to Sarah. Who are, you, who are you FaceTiming with Sarah? Okay. Take my FaceTime. Who are you FaceTiming? Sarah's cousin. Who's Sarah's cousin? You don't know her. Okay. This is Sarah's cousin's friend. I'm like, how deep are we going to get down the down the pipeline of, of Sarah, you know, the Sarah web? So I wait. I wait for her to be done. Eventually she's done. She has dinner. We watch um, Big Brother. We like the show Big Brother. We've been watching it a lot. So we end up watching Big Brother. Uh, after it ends. So we watched it until like maybe 10 o'clock. And then we came in here finally to record the show. And the show was supposed to be about the coronavirus and kind of her returning to school and giving you guys an idea of what a 12-year-old thinks of the coronavirus. And it starts off, and I'm ready. She really wants to do it. She's excited about it. She's like, Daddy, can I have a comfortable chair? Yeah, you have a comfortable chair. She has a microphone in front of her. Excellent. It's really cute. Love it. It's like, all right. So I'm like, all right, Olivia, welcome to the show. All right. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus. Now, you, when the coronavirus first happened, like, were you afraid of anything that happened with the coronavirus? No. And then she stares at me. Okay. I mean, like, are you, what about going back to school and seeing your friends? I don't care. Okay. Can you get a little closer to the microphone? I don't care. All right, Liv. Can you, um, what, what, what about distance learning? How do you feel? About, I didn't learn anything about distance learning. I hate distance learning. Can you get close to the mic? I hate distance learning. I hate everything about distance learning. I don't like it at all. Okay. Um, are you are you excited to see your friends? I don't care about my friends at all. So I pause it. I'm like, are we going to do this this whole time, dude? Do what? I'm like, you don't have to do the podcast with me. Let me just, I'll record it by myself and you don't have to do it. I tell you, I want to do the podcast. I said I want to do the podcast. Are you sure you really don't? I'm not going to make you do it. You don't have to. You don't have to entertain people. You're my kid. I love you. You don't have to. Now I'm, I'm getting like it's complex now. Like, you know, like I'm Joan Crawford, you know, saying that. Going, How dare you not do the podcast? I'm not doing that. I'm telling her point blank. Don't do this. Because now at this point, I'm like, I'm going to have to edit this whole thing together. She's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. All right. We're going to do it. You want to do it? I want to do it. All right, all right. Cool. So I turn it back on. Now, you and your, your friends, was it harder for you to like talk to your friends during during the pandemic because you didn't see them at school? No, I don't have any friends. I don't care. 
click. Are you kidding me, dude? What are you doing? What? What am I doing, Dad? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. We'll talk about like nothing. Like um, like I like to talk about apples and toenails. <laughs> I'm like, All right, dude, it's eleven o'clock at night. Please, you don't have to do this. Thing. So eventually, we ended up talking about like the Vampire Diaries or something. I don't know. I have it. It's all right. Eventually, maybe I will splice it all together with other things too. But that's her, man. My daughter is tough to deal with. She comes. <laughs> I love this kid. Both of my kids more than anything in the world. She's my favorite girl in the entire world. But when you are a parent, man, it is work to get your kids to interact with you in a way that doesn't make you want to put your head through the wall. There are definitely days with her where I'm just like, what are we doing? What is the... Well, she treats me kind of like a foil, like I'm like Mr. Belding. And I sit there in shock, just staring at her like, is this for real? Is this, are you really doing this? So last night was definitely one of those times. And I went right from there to the kid throwing the music box out of the, out of the room, rattling the batteries, crying about the batteries. So it has definitely been a very interesting 24 hours of parenting. Um, so Bernie Mac, up in heaven, I feel you, I get you. And in the most comedic sense of the word, I'm going to kill them kids. So I totally get it. Uh, yeah. What makes it so hard with my kids, though, is that I'm drawn to them. Like, they are honestly, they're really my favorite people in the world. I love the two of them. I love being a dad. I feel like my entire life, and I've talked to other people in a similar position, has been leading to this moment. Like, I was meant to be a dad. Uh, I've been a dad in my head since I was much younger. It takes a little bit of a transition, in your actions of how to handle it. But I've been ready for this for a long time. I like being a father. I like kind of being the say role model, but you know, I like teaching lessons. I like being a part of their lives. And I wrote about that in the blog this week. And I kind of feel like both of them, both of the blog posts this week, both on Monday and Wednesday told that story on Monday. I wrote about my daughter and it was called, it's hard not to embarrass my 12 year old. And I wrote about it in a way where I think people read that and they think it, it implies that I'm saying that I'm an embarrassing, you know, 40-something-year-old man. And that I'm worried that, like, my music isn't cool enough or my socks aren't cool enough. And you know what? I'm not worried about that. I'm really not. I think in the grand scheme of things, I try to try to keep myself cool enough, if you will. I'm hip. I trade pogs and garbage pail kids. Shut up. So that's not what I'm talking about, though. Whether or not that's true is immaterial because I don't really care about that's not what I worry about the thing that worries me is that I feel like our entire lives I think a lot of us out there we know what's not cool for a parent to do because we were kids once and we know like you're being so embarrassing like we get that we know what the embarrassing things are so it's not that we do them because we don't know any better we know if you're hanging out with your friends you don't want us in there with a with a plate of cookies we made for you like hey guys can I sit with you they don't want that they hate that we know that because we were kids and we hated that Yet we still do it. And why do we still do it? Because I can't stop myself sometimes. I want to just be a part of this kid's world. Everything she does, she's on. She's in the middle of my kitchen on her FaceTime, like laughing and playing games with her friends. And I'm like making comments about the things she says, you know. She's like, she's like, yeah, like that kid's so, so stupid. Look at that kid's doing over there. And I'm like, yeah, that kid's stupid. And she kind of like looks at me in the corner of her eye like, what are, you, what are you doing? Are you listening to me? No. I've had her close the door on me where I walk by the door. She'll, you know, she'll make a comment and I'll reply, you know, she'll be like, we should meet later. We'll do that. I'd be outside. I'm outside the door and I'm like, I'm like, I can come. I'll meet you guys later too. And she kind of just looks at me and gets up, door in my face. I'm like, that's great. 
then I feel like an idiot. But I know damn well I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't spy on your kids or whatever. I'm so desperate to just be a part of that that world. Because to me, she's still like she's still a baby. She'll always be my baby. I don't know how how old she has to be when that ends. But even now, she talks about her opinions on things, and she talks to her friends about things, and they share their thoughts on school and all these things. And I listen to her, and she talks to them in a way that, I mean, she talks to me, and she gets deep on things with me, but they're kind of contemporaries with each other. So they're able to share common thoughts on things that I don't really even know about. So she's she goes in depth on, on her likes and on her you know uh, hobbies and things like that in ways that if she does with me, I don't fully understand it sometimes. So to listen to her kind of blows my mind. And I want to want to walk over and just kind of like sit at the table and be like, isn't she great? Isn't this a great kid? Can you imagine? Can you believe it? Sarah, can you believe that this kid knows this stuff? She's a baby. My God. But you can't do that. See, that's my instinct is to do that, but that's embarrassing. And you can't, as a parent, run over and constantly tell your kid's friends that they're babies and that you're so proud of them for being able to, you know, feed themselves and have opinions on things but i want to so bad and it's hard man it's hard not to so that was on the uh on the monday blog on wednesday i wrote kind of one that once again spawned from a blog post that seems to generate so much thought for me Um, it was probably the most read blog post that i've done one of them and it's called the one that it's inspired by was called i'm sorry my son drank your coffee and i've talked about it on here before i wrote it about two years ago And it was about my son, Lucas, and how he would drink discarded coffee cups. He would grab food that was just left laying around. He couldn't understand the concept that food and drink wasn't meant for him every time he saw it. And again, it's part of his autism, part of being nonverbal, part of his lack of understanding. And how it created some embarrassing moments. We were at the main story that I told in there. We were at a a basketball ceremony, uh, an award ceremony for my daughter. Everyone got up to cheer. He walked around while we were cheering, and he picked up somebody's coffee cup and started drinking out of the straw, and I freaked out. So we felt bad. We offered the lady money. Now, we've, I've had to address this blog post in so many different angles because I've had people who were upset that, you know, we allow him to do everything, you know, and I don't talk about the fact that we offer the woman to pay for her coffee because that's not really a part of the, the narrative that I was talking about. I wasn't telling that part of the story, but it's true. And I guess that that's important. But people get really worked up over this. Oh, you just let your kids steal coffee. Like, it's so over the top. So I've addressed that. I've addressed how I've taught him through the years. Because he's gotten better, man. This was two years ago that this blog post went up. And in those two years, I, I wrote about how I taught him to ask for every French fry. If we go out to like a bowling alley or, or a, a restaurant and there's a plate of fries that people are sharing. I make him ask for every single one he has. And people are like, you're going to make him ask for everyone? Like, yeah, I'm going to make him ask for every single French fry that he gets. Because it's important. He has to learn that it's not just his. He doesn't just put his hand into the thing and grab them all. He's got to ask. He's got to be a part of it. He's got to share it with people. So we've been working on that, and it's gotten better. But still, though, the people who comment on this on this post from two years ago, they don't know the, the date of it. So they'll tell me he's never going to learn. I'm a terrible parent. You're allowing your kid to steal these, this food. People get really worked up, which is, I mean, I, I get it to an extent, and then I don't. Like, I get it, but they get so worked up over the thought of a then-seven-year-old stealing a cookie in an imagined scenario that doesn't even exist. And I get comments like that. He better never steal my daughter's cookie. And it's like, all right, dude. Well, first of all, I'm probably never going to meet you. Second of all, he doesn't do it anymore. Third of all, you're getting pretty worked up over a situation that's probably never going to happen that you're imagining about a, I don't know, what, 
50 cent cookie like you know they're like if he ever puts his hand on my daughter's school i'll take his i'll take his hand like you're gonna fight my kid i'll kill you you know um before i kill them kids i'll kill you and that's not in the comedic sense that's in the dramatic sense i will kill you so don't do that and don't even threaten that but you don't have to worry about it because it's not going to happen and the reason why is what's annoying is that a lot of the comments that are in there talk about the violent aspect of it you know, you're not going to be able to control him one day. He's just going to run around punching people in the face and taking their cookies. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of bluster, man. A lot of crazy. You know, what are you going to do when he's too old and they put him in jail for the cookies? And like, oh my god, I don't think you're going to put him in jail for the. But even if they did, man, I'm not, I'm not writing that. I don't know if you read the article. Some of these people who comment on this, but nowhere in the blog post do I ever talk about him violently taking a cup of coffee from someone's hand or violently taking a pancake or a cookie from anybody. In fact, every single story in there is about him wandering around until he finds it just sitting there and grabbing it or trying to reach for it and grab it off a table. He doesn't take from people. He just doesn't do it. Lucas isn't violent. He doesn't get it. He's had meltdowns. He's thrown himself around in the fit of a meltdown when he gets upset. But Lucas has never just turned around and punched you. Lucas has never turned around and hit you. He doesn't get it. He's not like that. That's not to say that everybody with autism is the same way as my son. And that's one of the reasons I was hesitant to write this for a while. And why I'm hesitant sometimes to write a lot of things about about his behavior having autism. Because I know that it doesn't sometimes fit with other people. So I, I always make that distinction. That there's other people out there who might be different. Other people out there who might have that, those violent tendencies. My son doesn't. He doesn't get it. I'll never be able to teach him either. I can't like, put your hands up. Come on, throw a punch. Show me what you got. Give me the old one, two, three, four. Like we don't... He will never get it. He's not like that. Even when we play fight, I tickle him. We, we wrestle around. I put him in a headlock, and he laughs, and he hugs me, and he laughs, and he giggles, and he gives me a kiss. It's very sweet. He's a very, I'm going to say docile, because he's not, or however you pronounce that. I don't think I pronounced it right. Uh, but he's not. He's he's rambunctious, and he's he's excitable, and all that other stuff, but he's not. he doesn't understand the concept of using violence to take what he wants. He doesn't use aggression. He doesn't use brutality. He's not like that. Will he be like that? Does he have the capabilities, I should say, to be like that one day? Maybe. I don't know. He has the capabilities to be like anything one day. I don't know what he's going to be like when he's 30. I could tell you this, though. The way I'm raising him and the way his nature is now, I highly doubt he'll be like that at 30. I don't think he's ever going to get to that point where he figures out, oh, I can just punch because he doesn't like to do that. He's not a hitter. He's not a puncher. He's not a... A guy like that. And it kind of worries me, too, because I read these comments from these angry you know, dipsticks that go on. They're talking about they want to fight a seven-year-old over a cookie. And I think, I'm sending my kid out into that world. That sucks. Like, I wish I could teach him to defend himself. I wish I could shield him from people like that. Because there's going to be a time where I'm not there to, like, break somebody's arm, you know? Which is, like, I get in a pretty imagined scenario as myself with some of these people. I think, like, what would I do if he grabbed a cookie and somebody grabbed him and, like, grabbed their head? Like... I defend Lucas, man. I defend both my kids. If anybody touched either one of my kids, it would be a major, major problem. Um, I think a lot of us, a lot of parents out there, especially after our days like this, like I'm exhausted today, we're kind of looking for an excuse. So, yeah, you you can go right ahead and threaten my nonverbal seven-year-old son at the time with autism. Um, I invite you to to do whatever you feel you want to do, but I also remind you that I'm exhausted and annoyed, and um, and I don't know might enjoy the the opportunity to get some of that exhausted annoyance out of my system. So do what you want, write what you want on the internet, but remember, you know, life is life. That said, there will be a time where I'm not there to fight the strangers over cookies for them. 
And there will be a time where somebody might be mean to him, bully him, or do something like that. And I wish I could teach him to defend himself. I don't know. Will that day ever come? I could. I don't know. Like I said before, I don't know what the future is going to be like. All I know is right now, and I know who he is. And I think one of the things that I wanted to really point out in this blog post that I wrote, which is called, uh, oh, it's called A Gentle Soul in an Angry World, in case you want to check it out. A Gentle Soul in an Angry World. And the reason why I wanted to write this was because I wanted people to know that my boy isn't like that. He is a gentle kind of boy. But I also wanted to point out the fact that these people who look at the situation, even though in nowhere in this blog post did it ever say that he used violence to get what he wants, their mind immediately jumps to that. Why? Because people are so conditioned to think that way. Because these people who are commenting like that think that way. They can't fathom the fact that somebody who wants what he wants and takes what he wants and grabs what he wants wouldn't just punch people to get it. But my son doesn't do that. And it's once again another kind of a beautiful thing about Lucas. Another beautiful thing about my boy that is in many ways because of his autism. And that's something that's been a common theme for the blog, for the podcast, for kind of my life, is that in our lives, we went from autism awareness, becoming aware of the fact that he had autism, dealing with that, getting it diagnosed, getting him into the proper places, to autism acceptance, accepting the fact that he had autism, accepting it as a part of our lives, not trying to find a way out of it or find you know, another reason for it or what can we do to, to fix it, to eventually autism appreciation, looking at the things that make him who he is that are because of his autism and finding the good points, not just the bad points, loving him in many ways because of his autism and not despite it. And that's one of those things, his, his peaceful, gentle manner that he has is beautiful. It's beautiful to me. I think it's beautiful to other people. And I love that about him. And that's part of the autism appreciation that we have for Lucas. So I want other people to understand that. I want them to see that if you read that article and all you get from it is that he has to be violent because how could somebody ever take what they want without being violent? Well, that's about you. It's not about him. He's a good kid. Um, he's one of the best kids. They both are. I love both my kids. So that's that's an exciting thing. And at the end of the day, man, even on days like this where I'm exhausted and I'm recording a podcast, and my voice has that uh, kind of thing to it, you know? I don't know. I still love them both. I'm still happy to have them both. I'm happy to have you guys, too. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Don't forget, again, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Do that. I will be back uh, on Monday and Wednesday with new blogs. I'll be back next Friday with a new podcast. And I have a big announcement coming at you guys in, uh, you know, just about over a week. So it should be pretty exciting. Until next time, this is James Gutman. Be well. Bye, Pod. I'm Dad. <laughs>